silence Maybe God doesn't hear at all And the weight overtakes the violence And we watch as the giants fall We're not gonna let it end this Search for the Reverend in a Secular Multiverse. Today is Han Solo, Good Samaritan. Usually we record and then try to get a title out of what we talked about, uh, but this time we kind of had the idea beforehand and um, we wanted to make sure we recorded for a special occasion. Yep, tomorrow is May the 4th, so may the 4th be with you. Yeah, may the 4th be with you. And, also um, with you. <laughs> yeah. We are recording uh, on the 3rd, and we're going to try to get a quick edit job so this gets out to you guys. Yeah. And our daughter is napping, so we're hoping to get this recorded. Yeah, one take. Yeah. (laughs) So rather than try to talk about all of Star Wars, we've decided to put it in bite-sized chunks. And um, I think Han Solo is a fun place to start. In some ways, you think, why start with him? He's he's the guy outside of everything. I'm going to turn that around and say, why not start with him? The personal Han Solo fan. Right. Just right. saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, yeah, I think, <laughs> you know, when you think about Star Wars, half of what you think about is the, like, Millennium Falcon and space flying and blaster battles yeah. and schemey plots and sneaking around and... Uh, even though he prefers a fair fight, fight to just, all that. Yeah. yeah, all that sneaking around. Uh-huh. He, he's a little bit the heart of the series. He's a little bit like us in the series, like sort of a, a scrappy, just trying to make your way in the world person who fell into this space fantasy. Yeah. And he's just a fan favorite. Like, why yeah. not talk He's funny, Solo? wisecracking, smart yeah. Alec. Definitely has better lines than yeah. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. So... Um, and we know that a lot of that comes out of Harrison Ford. It, yes. It's been, like, ma- like massively covered that he improvised the famous I love you, I know, right. uh, in Empire Strikes Back. Um, kind of brought, brought a bunch of himself to the movie. I think my favorite little, like, Harrison Ford on set story is, I, I think there's, like, Mark Hamill, who was super, like, young and eager, uh, as an actor, like, doing Star Wars, uh, there was some scene with, um, the trash compactor scene, and he, he, like, noticed an editing error that they were, like, all clean right when they got out of yeah. it or something, and apparently Harrison Ford took him by the shoulder and just goes, it ain't that kind of movie, kid, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> like, if they noticed that, we've got bigger problems or yeah. something along those lines, so. so <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so like Harrison Ford, I think, brought some Harrison Ford. Right, yeah, and to use a phrase that you use often, like, I feel like Harrison Ford held Star Wars lightly. Like, he just never took it too seriously. Right, and, yeah. Uh, I think he enjoyed himself, but also sort of, um, yeah, just never got the earnestness that... Yeah, he kind of enjoyed himself at first, I think, and yeah. then, like, the more that people went crazy about Star yeah. Wars, the less he enjoyed himself. That... yeah. I think my favorite, like, late Harrison Ford story about talking about Star Wars is some somebody interviewed him before Force Awakens came out and, like, sort of, like, really super excited, said, like, do you know how hard it is to sit here and not ask you about Star Wars today? And Harrison Ford said back, why don't you show me how hard it is? <laughs> 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 um, 
Like, basically saying, like, don't ask me about Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. So. Harrison Ford's a very awkward interviewee anyway, so... Yeah. It, he's, great. like, such a wonderful grump of a guy. He's such a curmudgeon. I love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, indeed. So, Han Solo, like, grumpy curmudgeon. Um, yeah, we we uh, we were thinking scoundrel. about him. Scoundrel. Scoundrel, right. Yeah. Beloved scoundrel. And, um, yeah, we, we, uh, we're trying to figure out, like, where does he fit with any kind of, like, faith perspective? Um, because he has plenty to say about the Force, yep. right? Um, and, and I think most of it is in New Hope. So we, yeah. we're kind of thinking of New Hope Han Solo yeah. for a lot of this. Yeah. Obviously, when Luke is getting trained by Obi-Wan in the Falcon, and he's using his little lightsaber and, um... His full-size lightsaber. Full-size lightsaber in an interior of a spaceship, which I'm sure has a lot of oxygen with a laser sword. But I think, uh, as, as we've learned already, it ain't that kind of movie. <laughs> it ain't that kind of movie. Let it go. Suspend yeah. your disbelief. And Han sort of you know, says, like, oh, he rolls his eyes. Like, I've seen a lot of strange things. It's like, I've been from one side of this, this galaxy, galaxy to another, yeah, and I've seen a lot, lot of strange, strange things. things. I've never seen anything that so, me believe something all-powerful force. force controls my or yeah no mystical energy field controls my destiny you know, basically like you get the idea i'm not gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. go look it up the exact thing but you know i call it luck uh-huh. and uh good against machines is one thing good against the living that's something else yeah yeah um so yeah a lot, lot of opinions so. but han is also the first person to say may the force be with you is that at the end of new hope at when the end Luke's... when he leaves the bat leaves to go Return to his life of crime. Yeah. And he says to Luke, very reluctantly, may the force be with you. I think, I'm pretty sure he is the first person to say it. I think you're probably because right. Does Obi-Wan say it to Luke before he No, I think that's like the question when we did the Star Wars pub quiz <laughs> that we called them on was the test said Obi-Wan and we all said Han and we looked it up and we were right. Oh, we darn sure. So, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, he's the skeptic. He just doesn't buy it. Yeah. Um, sort of hokey, Although as hokey an, religions are no match for good blaster your size. Yeah, as a nice callback to fans who have been listening in order, um, we we kind of were thinking about that quote where he does say to Luke, "May the force be with you." At it, it's a little bit of a moment of like meeting Luke where Luke is, even though Luke, like at that point, Hans still seems not to believe in much, yeah. and so. Even though they have different paths, and Han seems pretty committed to like, why don't you come with me? Like you're good in a fight, I could use you. Yeah. Like you, you know, these people are going on a suicide run. Like you don't want to go on their mission. Like come off on, you know, on mine with me. Um, and like Luke won't do it, and Luke stays committed. And then Han's the one that says, "Well, may the force be with you," which is for Luke's head and heart are not Han's. Um, so Han's kind of doing that thing that we talked about, like Jesus and Peter doing, where where Jesus is the one who like changes the word he's using for love with Peter. Like, do you love me? Do you love me? And Jesus keeps using agape. And Peter keeps saying back, I phileo you. And Jesus finally says, well, do you phileo me at least? And and Peter's sort of crushed because Jesus has now, like, downgraded the kind of love that he's (laughs) talking to him about. Uh, So that's all in the Wonder Woman episode, if you've missed it. Um, But yeah, like, it's interesting that, like, although he's a skeptic, Han is the person who's willing to be gracious when they're in different camps yeah which will connect to the good samaritan yeah uh that's actually probably a pretty good segue mm-hmm. um because my so we've talked about a couple of people and I, I guess i gave it away with the title of the episode 
But my sense is that, that if Han is somebody in at least the original trilogy, if Han is a character from scripture, from Christian tradition, uh, he's probably the good Samaritan. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the idea there is when Jesus is teaching a bunch of his followers about being a good person, he uses the example of a Samaritan. And, and people have kind of heard the parable, which is, you know, somebody's beaten up and a Samaritan helps and, like, carries them off and, like, oh, isn't that a good Samaritan? And I think, like, the parable has been there for so long now that we think of the good Samaritan as, like... A helpful person. Right, a helpful yeah. person. But we're, like, in its original setting, there's a ton of irony there. Right. Because Jesus... So Jesus, um, he's teaching a Jewish audience, and Jews and Samaritans had a major religious split. Um... Yeah, it, like they, they were on different pages about whether you could marry somebody outside of your faith. Um, they were on different pages about where you're supposed to worship. Right. They were on different pages about a lot of things that were super significant. And like to the point that you weren't supposed to greet each other. You weren't supposed to acknowledge, like talk in public. Um, it, it, it's a big deal for a Samaritan and a Jew to cross paths back in the, the context of Jesus teaching yeah. people. So when he's teaching his Jewish audience, a, a presumably Jewish lawyer asks him like what's the most important of the commandments like of all the rules of scripture what's the most important one and jesus says in that moment well what do you see when you read scripture and the lawyer says back well love the lord your god with all your heart and mind and soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself uh which is what jesus has given as the answer in other places in the gospel and the lawyer er, and jesus says you've answered rightly um you go and behave like that and the right. lawyer and then there's this moment like where the lawyer i think he sort of seems embarrassed that he asked too easy a question to jesus and like jesus is like duh man yeah <laughs> um and so it says wanting to justify himself the lawyer asked again like but who is my neighbor and when, when i preach this i always like underline that and be like you know like what, what i really meant to ask about that <laughs> jesus was uh and so then jesus answers with this parable of a good samaritan where first a priest and then a levite walk by um, and I think you mentioned this in one of our episodes, like he's, he's, these guys are obeying the law right. by not touching the beaten up right. guy who is, who is bloody and, you know, they're avoiding getting blood on their hands, yeah. which would make them unclean. Uh, but the Samaritan like breaks the law, like does the right thing, heals the person, which Jesus also does all over the gospels, like yeah. does the right thing, even though it's illegal. Um, according to like, you know, the law about keeping the Sabbath. So he'll t heal on the Sabbath or his followers will eat grain, even though you're not supposed to pick grain because it counts as work. Um, but yeah, so, um, this idea of somebody who is outside the tradition, who does the right thing, who doesn't refer to the law so much as a moral compass, all, all of that is why I think Han Solo winds up being the good Samaritan. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah. Because he's somebody that's sort of existing outside the law, breaking the law of empire, what have you, and but he's still doing the right thing. Yeah. Ultimately. And I think more than that, it, it's that he's also outside the tradition of the force. Yeah. yeah. Um, so all those quotes you, you had about his skepticism yeah. and cynicism. And please don't write in that all my quotes were wrong. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll re-record. Those were just off the top of my head. It's yeah. fine. It's okay. You know uh -huh. what I'm talking about. Yeah. And again, ordinarily we like rewatch movies to do yeah, the podcast. Yeah, we, we didn't do that. But uh, we're like, oh no, it's May 4th soon. We yeah. should do this. Uh, yeah. Um, so some other like possible connections. Yeah, this was, the next one was my 
sort of connection was uh, with Peter, and this is not directly canon, it's more of a Christian tr tradition, quo vadis moment that Peter has. So there's a, I guess a tradition, Christian tradition. It's um, a story. Yeah. yeah. Um, that I think is from like the non-canonical Gospel of Peter. I'm not sure this is not something I'm super familiar with. But the story is that Peter is leaving Rome because he knows like the Christians are getting persecuted and he's going to be... This is all after the resurrection. Yeah, this is yeah. after resurrection. Early church. Um, he's gone to Rome, obviously. Um, and as he's escaping Rome, he comes across the figure of Christ who's going towards Rome. And Peter says, Quo vadis, where are you going? And Jesus responds like, I'm going to Rome to be crucified again. Uh, or something along those lines. And Peter sort of stops in his tracks and realizes like, that's his call to go back to Rome and be crucified, um, martyred, and so he does. Yeah, which is which is the end of Peter's life. Right. He winds up crucified in yeah. Rome. Uh -huh. um, and so that made me think of Han, even though Han survives, um, but ultimately that Spoilers. is... Spoiler alert. <laughs> Han lives. <laughs> Harrison Ford didn't want him to, not uh, from Empire on. But... Um, so it's something that we, it's off screen. We never, we don't know what happened, but something happened to Han. Something touched his heart that made him turn around and come back after saying to Luke, may the force be with you. So yeah. I don't know if some little force entity, is that a thing? Force ghost <laughs> tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, like. The force ghost of Jiminy Cricket is now a possibility because Disney owns that's it. That's true. I'm sure it in the new releases. See Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his, something gets the better of Han. And he turns around and comes back and saves the day. Yeah. Um, and I guess connecting it to Peter again, like, th there is, like, the threat of crucifixion yeah. from Jabba, in mm -hmm. this case, who is, who is a corrupt, like, worldly yeah. emperor of, of his little empire crime. Right, which ultimately happens to Han. Like, if you want to call being frozen carbonite, like, he gets... Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he, like, winds up with a death sentence on yeah. him, yeah, because he didn't pay Jabba in time. Right. I mean, it was maybe already too late because right. Greedo was coming to collect. Yeah. And, yeah. Anyway, he makes, he puts his own safety at risk. Um, and also just, like, the idea of Han sort of denying the Force multiple times uh, earlier in the film is sort of a... It's a, I mean, it's not quite the same as Peter, because Peter's a true believer, but it's just like this... Right. P uh, Peter believes, but denies it to get himself a better, like, worldly yeah. life. Yeah. And Han... Just is, doesn't it, believe. <laughs> yeah, like, is living a worldly life and thinks that's all there can be. Yeah. Um, so it's not a direct, but I thought the quote but yeah, you're right. There's some, is, a, mm -hmm. is a real... Um, yeah, it's right. a turning, literally a turning point. Uh, right, Where are you right. going? So. Yeah. yeah. And there is a little bit of, like... I mean, the, the piece that we do see is his sort of ambivalence um like as he's packing up like chewbacca kind of goes and you know he sort of says like what what are you looking at like i know what i'm doing yeah and, but like you can already you can like hear the conflictedness in him right um, well it's interesting <laughs> i want to would like to know what chewie says there because there are clips from the movies pre-production peter mayhew where peter mayhew as chewbacca is saying lines and he has this amazing, like, so, light, trilling yeah, tenor voice. Yeah, it's like, so sweet. What do you think about that, old guy? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you said it, Chewie. Where'd you dig up that fossil? Yeah. Like, I mean, Which is always the line that takes me right out of Star Wars, is when Han says, where do you dig up that old fossil? I'm like, oh, this is 1977. Like, yeah. I yeah. still love Love and the movie. I, I, it goes right over my head, because my 70s slang was never, like, established in the first place for me to be, like, pinned to that. It's like, oh, that, that's... That's a very, like, time-based 
It's just the way he says it just sounds very like. Yeah. Groovy, dig up that old fossil. Fossil, Yeah. Groovy, like I don't know. Uh uh That's That's fair. That's fair. No, I buy it. And yeah, that those those clips are great with him and Chewbacca. Um, Definitely look those up if you get a chance. Yeah, I think Chewbacca like. This is maybe back to Good Samaritan, or just who Han is, but, like, the fact that he is found... Like, he's introduced to us in Mos Eisley, Cantina, um, you know, nowhere will you find a greatest hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious, right? Like, and, and Han, I think, is supposed to be part of the scum and villainy at, at the beginning. I, I think yeah. part of the story that Star Wars is trying to present is, like, redeeming this like smuggler of a guy which you know like we can put an asterisk by that because of solo a star wars story which kind of tries to retcon it that he always had a heart of gold yeah. but um sure whatever but like when we meet han he's there with chewbacca so like you know his last name is solo he's just one guy like he, he has no friends he has yeah. no human connections like his only companion is a monster and then, like, Chewbacca's also the clue that maybe there's more to him, because yeah. here's this monster that actually is a big teddy bear. Like, literally, yeah. you've actually made a teddy bear of Chewbacca for our daughter. I did. Because he's an amazing <laughs> teddy beast. And he'll be a good protector as she grows older. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, and then, like, Han is, of course, that same. You know, he's a gruff on the outside, like, you know. Yeah. And Chewie's, like, this perceived threat. Like, look, he's pulled people's arms out of their socket. And, like, people, everybody's scared of Chewy yeah. by his size and his supposed ferocity, but... Yeah. Which is another, like, bone I would pick with Solo, which, uh-huh. which is a good move. Like, we like the movie, but I think um, Solo, like, by actually having Chewie rip the arms out of someone's sockets, like, takes away the bluff of yeah. New Hope. Like, lo- I-, I think it's funnier if they're all in the Falcon and Han's like, well, you know, Wookiees are known to do that, like... Uh, you know, sort of, like, having fun with the, the like, hicks on his ship, yeah. right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, anyway... That, that that's the problem when you interpret canon literally, guys. Is you, you wind up with with uh, things like that. Yeah. Same same thing with parsecs. Like, did they really need to fix that? Yeah. I, yeah. Just let it be. Yeah. It's not that kind of movie. It's not that. It ain't that kind of movie, friends. Um, there are a couple other people. Like, as we were kicking around Bible connections yeah. for Han Solo, um, Nicodemus, uh, the Pharisee. Um, it's a little bit inverted because, like, Pharisees were the upholders of holy law, so a Pharisee would be more like a Jedi Knight um, from the prequel trilogy, probably. Like, people who are kind of committed to something, to the like, to a fault, and, yeah. and the fault in the original trilogy is sort of, like, a rigidity, and uh, in, in the sort of Jesus moment of the Gospels, like, that's kind of the, the Pharisaical presentation is that they are, they're a little too afraid of Rome to, to fully embrace their faith regardless of the consequences, mm-hmm. which is very human. Right. And, and part of, like, the, the Gospels are more, I, I think, correctly read as holding up a mirror that this is in us as human beings. Right. Like, we have a, a fear of, of being as bold as, as Jesus can be because he, he isn't bound up by sin and fear and things like that. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, the, the, anyway, the, the Pharisee, so Nicodemus is a Pharisee, and the connection with Han Solo, I think, is that as Nicodemus is converted, at first he's sort of converted in secret, and then by the end of it, he's willing to sort of, like, tie himself to Jesus' fate before everybody, because he goes and asks for the body off right. of the cross and takes care of it, which, like, could have put a target on his head, yeah. right? Like, if, if the Empire is going to, like, crush and punish this movement... 
Um, if they've decided Jesus is going to be their their villain and they're they're going to make an example of him, well, the people who then publicly follow him and help him and you know could could very well wind up facing retribution as well. Yeah. So Han is sort of like that with the Force in that, like his first little moments of curiosity about it um, are, are a little more secret, but then by Force Awakens. He's all in. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the sort of, the man that we see turn around in the Falcon and talk to Ray and Finn and say, like, it's all true, all of it. Like, you know, all this stuff. I, I used to think it was all foolishness, you know, good versus evil, um, dark side, light side. But the thing about the Force is it's true, all of it, right? Yeah. And in an experience of a movie that didn't do a lot for me, like, that gave me a little bit of a chill. Yeah. Like, of my, like good tingles of, yeah. oh. Um, yeah, so Han Solo, comma convert, um, is an interesting yeah kind of figure, and then I think the last one <laughs> is maybe a bit of Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Um, Explain. Yeah, so Pharaoh, I this is a Johnny Come Lately edition of this little list that we had, but um, Pharaoh, it occurred to me was just sort of like he's not persuaded in spite of the fact that he's seeing signs yeah, and wonders and right. like. Uh, if you read the book of Exodus, like, over and over again, like, Pharaoh uh, sees Moses do astonishing things, and it says, but Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he wasn't willing to be persuaded. And, yeah. uh Sometimes the text explicitly says, like, God hardened Pharaoh's heart, that God's glory might be revealed later um, by, by triumphing over Pharaoh. And there's a little bit of that with Han Solo, right? Like, Han doesn't believe in the Force, even though the Force is literally doing stuff in front of him. Right. <laughs> uh, like, like Luke is blindly, bl- you know, battling away blaster bolts, and all Han has to say is, good against remotes, that's one thing. Yeah. Good against the living, that's something, something else. else. Yeah. yeah. So, maybe a little bit of Pharaoh. And, like, Obi-Wan sensing the entire destruction of Alderaan. Yeah, right. And he's just like, oh no, he came out of this asteroid. I mean, yeah. Obi-Wan himself didn't realize what he mm-hmm. was feeling, but... Yeah. So, there's stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, it's it's just a possibility there, yeah. I guess. But um, Han Solo, comma Good Samaritan, I think is um, a little bit of a doubting Thomas. Maybe that's a better metaphor than Pharaoh. Yeah. So let's let's pick that out. So Thomas is one of the twelve disciples, and he's the one that um, they've all gathered after uh, the crucifixion, the crucifixion, and the resurrection. And he's somewhere else for some reason. And Jesus has shown up. Thomas was going to the grocery store for the deliver for for the pickup of the groceries <laughs> that they'd ordered online. Right, since they were all hiding in their <laughs> oh, rooms. Yeah, it hurts. Um, but anyway, he comes back and he doesn't believe that they've all seen him, seen Jesus resurrected, and then Jesus shows up again in a locked room. Huh? Yeah. Um, and because before Thomas had said like, no, I need to see the put my hands and his the wounds in his hands and his side, and Jesus finally shows up and is like. Here's my yeah, hand. Yeah, need, need to see those hands and sides now. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that could be a little little Han, but like, because eventually he does believe in the Force, so yeah, he had to be persuaded that. Oh, Luke, you blew up a Death Star. All right, like you use the Force. He does, although. So I think this is really fascinating. Like when Luke does that, Han's response is "Great shot, kid. That was one in a million, or yeah. something like that." So he's still thinking about like odds and gambling and chances and smuggling right, right. like um and, yeah, he's and, always the never tell me the odds guy and right right but but yeah. one in a million yeah. like that's an odds thing i call it luck right yeah. um so yeah he, he's still sort of committed to his like um 
philosophy that the universe is like a matter of chance and contingency and yeah yeah um yeah so even when luke has like taken this astonishing shot like although although we're also told that like anyone can just do that on tatooine because they blow up womp rats which are not much bigger than two meters so why why couldn't you shoot down a death star thing and yeah yeah. But he does use the force to do it. Right, yeah. I so, think there's I think like. That's important. You can kind of read backwards and, yeah. and say, like, well, but if Luke was always strong in the force, he probably didn't realize he was using the force to kill Womp Rats. And, Perhaps, yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the guy, like, the the first guy that shoots the exhaust port, like, comes pretty close. Like, he impacts on the surface. Yeah, negative impact on the surface. Yeah. So, yeah. He, like, but to get it to go in, like, mm-hmm. you have to. You need something a little more powerful, a little yeah. divine intervention, right. if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a great flash animation of like uh, the Death Star engineer who like got fired for it blowing up or something. Like, oh, I guess I wasn't supposed to like design my vent, which pushes air outwards to like stop space wizards with yeah. magic powers. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh-huh, nice. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so anyway, Han, never, never tell me the odds, one in a million, still sort of a doubting figure. Um, yeah, yeah. And, like, I think with Thomas, there, there's a reality that, I mean, if you think about what these people have been through, like, there's like a layer of grief to it. Like, how, how dare you sort of, as we are all like mourning the loss of Jesus, like, tell me that he's alive, like, guys, like, this isn't a funny joke kind of thing, right? Like. And, and sort of, like, to, to remind them of the reality of it, like, unless I can put my fingers in the hand, like, the wounds in his hands inside, I'm not going to believe you guys. Or yeah. is a sort of, like, you know, how dare you tell me he's risen, like, we know what happened to him kind of thing. Um, and so pushing back in that way. Uh, yeah, anyway, I, I think Han's got a bit of that to him, right? Yeah. This idea that, like, somebody who's lived a hard life, like, can't believe in a providential good right. force well, in the universe. Like, that's... To Hans' credit, uh, or what have you, um, this is a religion that's not supposed to be practiced anymore. Like, it's only yeah. a generation removed, but, like, it's, which I think is a strange Well, that's weird, too. That's in the, in yeah. the New Hope, is, like, they give this impression that it's, like, an, I mean, it is an ancient religion, but that it's, like, oh, it's so out of vogue, like, nobody practices anymore, it's so gone but like it's a generation not even right. four e- generations like everybody's uncle thought in the clone yeah. wars with jedi right. <laughs> like yeah. um so these people are only 20 it, years removed from right. the jedi yeah. ruling the universe and so to Galaxy, give to give the film a little bit of credit like star wars was like their first time out right like yeah. they they didn't have a lot like the the emperor wasn't even clearly a figure right and I think Vader, like, walks into a conference room early in the movie. He's like, we've dissolved the Senate. Like, as if it had just happened or yeah. something like that. So, um, like, there, there's stuff that they, like, have, have built back and retconned yeah. to make it, like, a more interesting time scale or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, v- what's interesting is, like, Vader clearly is the embodiment of the Force. Like, everyone takes his, like, martial prowess and, yeah. and like threat of terror seriously right and who's the, what's his name Mahdi maybe Mahdi Admiral Mahdi yeah Ma- Mahdi is the like you yeah. don't frighten us yes. with your sorcerer's ways. ways yeah, yeah. The, this power station is the ultimate power in the universe yeah. yeah he moves his lips a lot it's all weird to me <laughs> um but he's like that fascinates me that he's like 
I think you called him like the bad version of Han Solo. Yeah, he's kind of this foil to Han. Right. Uh, from he's the, the guy on the other side of the line that yeah. doesn't believe in the Force. Right. Which is also fascinating because surrounded by like a Sith Lord yeah, who right. is literally force choking you, you, people. Like, like your work buddies with a Sith yeah, Lord. Like, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Well, it's sort of like the guy there's uh, a... I just thought my collars were too tight always. <laughs> I don't know. Well, there's the guy that comes up um, when they're on Leia's ship and they're like, oh, we've captured Leia. And he goes, the little officer who's just like, She'll die before she tells you anything. And, like, the way he says it, I'm always like, how is he not getting <laughs> slapped across the spaceship by Vader? Because, like, who can you and talk to Lord Vader? Yeah, exactly. With that attitude, like, uh-huh. but Vader's just like... Yeah, and he's oh, not, like, oh. a, he's not an admiral or no. something. He's like, Joe led the expedition. <laughs> like, yeah. So, no, that, that's another scene that when I watch it, I'm always like, how yeah. did you survive that? But yeah. He, he, he was having a really bad day. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Um... Yeah, his his usual ba- professional office politics boundaries were not right. Up. Yeah, but Vader humored him, so that's nice. But yeah, so Force skeptics, Monty's a good example. But yeah, like what? Like no one knows about the Force except like there happens to be a hermit on Tatooine and like the Lord of the Sith. Who yeah. I mean, I guess the word Sith doesn't exist until the prequels. Yeah. Um. May- maybe it's somewhere in the old fiction, but I yeah. Know. Anyway. Yeah, Vader, comma like dark side master and of the force. And your emperor, who you're all like following, yeah. is also a Sith who uses the force and has lightning hands. Yeah. Maybe you don't know that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean to just... be fair, he <laughs> kind of always hid that side of him. And, that yeah. we know of. Yeah, it just there's some funny inconsistencies in Star Wars when you go too deep, and this is why Harrison Ford said it ain't that kind of movie. Yeah, but it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. When we, we talk about Obi Wan, we should talk about like rem sort of remnants and um, hold, holding the wisdom and yeah. hid, hidden scrolls and temples yeah. and things like that. But we can probably do a lot with that. Yeah. Um, For another episode. Dun dun dun. Uh, yeah. So that's a bit about Han Solo, comma Good Samaritan. So I think we've got a couple other things uh, just to connect to. Um, one is you, you found a really fun article. I did. So there's a blog um, called, as your poets have said, which is a line from Acts. Uh, something Paul says to, I think, the Athenians. Uh, anyway. Yeah, um, I think that's probably, as your poets have said, like the God that has no name or something. Something. Yeah. Um, and the guy who has this website is named Andrew. Um, and his Website is basically this podcast. Like, I saw this, I'm like, oh, it's been done before. Um, But he just takes different stories. He says, like, I'm a Christian, and I am really interested in the stories that we tell. Um, So I'm going to contact this guy and be like, hey, we're referencing you on our podcast. Uh, But he has a whole article about Han Solo, particularly with the movie, after the movie Solo came out, um, talking about how Han is sort of like... He does think he's motivated by people, not by um, abstract principles. Yeah, by causes. Mm. So, like, he comes back, I think, more to help Luke um, than to save the alliance, Rebel Alliance. Um, and he also never sees himself as a good guy. And this is more with the solo side of things, the movie solo. Mm-hmm. Um, that he never sees himself as a good guy because he just kind of sees the bad in himself, or he knows that he's motivated sometimes by money or usually money um yeah and or i mean if you look at solo like it's just not a world where you can be a good person like like to get ahead or to even survive like you you have to like live in the gray yeah 
and he doesn't see himself as selfless because he sees himself as a selfish person because he's doing things usually for his own to save his own butt. But you can still be a good person. Like you're not all bad or all good. And and something I think it's fun to connect it to is the last episode we did on Wonder Woman. Uh, we we talked about like the disc theory personality mm-hmm. test. Yeah. And with being motivated by principles versus people, like we could talk about Myers Briggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is another really popular personality test. It's got four different pairs of letters. So you're you're either uh, E for extrovert or I for introvert, and then you're either N for intuitive or S for sensor, and then you're either T for thinker or F for feeler, and then either P for perceiver or J for judger. And um, what are you? I am an well. I I don't believe in the am of it, but I score as, <laughs> score as an INFP. Uh, and you score... INFJ. INFJ. Sometimes ISFJ. My N and S are like 51, 49. Right. And my TF are like on the line and, and on a given day mm-hmm. I might score on either side. But yeah. T or F is the relevant one with this Han Solo people principles thing because like a shorthand for what a Myers-Briggs thinker versus a Myers-Briggs feeler is... Uh, like, it's not that people who are T's don't have emotions or that people who are F, like, can't think logically. It's that your your strongest motivation, if you're an F, is, is going to be your relationships. Mm-hmm. And your strongest motivation, if you're a T, is going to be, like, an abstract principle, even if everyone's, you know, ticked off at you and it's going to hurt people's yeah. feelings or, or, like, circumstances. If you think it's the right thing to do, like, you, you stay to that. Um, so, yeah, Han is... If, like this article is describing is basically a Myers-Briggs F. And I think what's fun there is we can then swing that into the Empire Strikes Back love story Mm -hmm. where Leia is, is totally like princess principal. And like, she is absolutely about the cause to the point that she's not sure she can have a personal romance. And so like, what's fun in that is like, you see, you see her pulling Han into the like righteousness of what they're doing. You see Han pulling her into the reality of human connection right. and so like she, she's moving him to, to causes he's moving her to people yeah. um which is kind of a, a really fun part of you know their their love story um yeah it, and then i was thinking a little bit like as this came up like it's it's interesting that we can do two episodes in a row with um personality test uh-huh. types and then on top of that like there's tons of fun like which Myers-Briggs character is, are you in Star Wars yeah. or Harry Potter or Jane Austen or whatever? And um, I, I think Luke Skywalker is the INFP. I, I can't quite remember. Um, but anyway, like, I, I think it's not surprising that you wind up with these, these connections because, like, ultimately those connections are about having some kind of philosophy of self. And also, like, ultimately what the characters in fiction stories are, are trying to do is tell us stories about human life and human beings. And so when you tell a good story that people are attracted to and, and identify with in some way, of course it has to do with something that's in ourselves. Right. So I think, you know, it's not surprising that, like, we can see ourselves as, like, a Luke Skywalker who just, like, is, like wants to help out in the universe but can't quite figure out how to yet or as a han solo who like maybe doesn't quite believe but still does the right thing so my infj is obi-wan the counselor nice. but my isfj is uh c-3po the protector which i always find funny because i always say i identify with c-3po because he's anxious yeah yeah <laughs> and neurotic yeah. yeah that's a good so, 
That's yeah. <laughs> that's not wrong on either nope. count, I think. Nope. Uh, INFP is Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I remember that. And I, yeah, I mean, Luke's fine. <laughs> we'll talk more about Luke. Yeah. Um, Let's see, they they have Han as ESTP. Yeah, extrovert. Um, it's interesting that they call him a T because I, I would say, based on what we've said today, like we're, we're talking about Han as an F. Yeah. A, a sensor over an intuitor makes some sense. So a sen- like the, the shorthand on that is if you say like, I, I say the word apple, you say the first 10 things that come to mind, like a sensor will say things like red, round, stem, tree, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and an intuitor might say like apple computers, garden of Eden, like th- their brain will just jump connections, whereas a sensor will proceed sort of logically linearly. Yeah. So it, it makes a bit of sense that Han would be an S in terms of like, he's, he's dealing with the world he can see. Extrovert is a people person, even though he lives this isolated life. Yeah. Um, he's very charming. He's very... Right, for sure. Yeah. I, I think P versus... I, I would flip T to F, and I would flip P to J, because I think, I, I think if, again, he's doing things based on his relationships with people, that's an F trade. And then a P versus a J, a perceiver wants more and more and more information before they make a decision. You know who the ESFJ is? Who? Jar Jar Binks. Oh, no! <laughs> um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to think about that. I know. Guys, wait for our Jar Jar Binks episode <laughs> <laughs> in season eight when we're really out of ideas and scraping yeah. the bottom of the barrel. Yikes. Okay. Um, right. But yeah, like I think like Han makes decisions quickly and seems to arrive at, at judgments quickly. I think that's all J stuff. So I would I would disagree with that chart yeah. that you pulled up. But yeah, I don't know how. I, I mean, you know, like it's not like Myers and Briggs who lived in like the early 1900s. So, like, what should we write down for Star Wars yeah. when it comes out, right? right. So, this yeah. is all just kind of fun. Exactly. So, quick other connection with just Myth of the American Superhero. We've talked about that on the podcast yeah. some. And we really, one of these podcasts, we need to, like, break it down like right. we'll in, do in deeper detail. Yeah. Um, but it's, I, I think with Han, it's interesting because he kind of breaks the myth a couple of ways. Like, he, he's an incredibly heroic figure in American consciousness. And he's kind of the good guy with a gun in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he charges into trouble or he runs yeah. the hell away from it. Right. Um, but that, that sort of sums up the myth of the American superhero is the good guy with a gun. It, it's a big yeah. piece of it. And, right. yeah, I mean, I think there's... Yeah, so we'll again, we'll, yeah. we'll dig deep into it. But um, with Han, the places where he breaks it is, number one, he doesn't shoot second right <laughs> right nope sorry george lucas yeah. and, and it's interesting that george lucas tried to like line him up with that like moral version uh-huh. of violence yeah. uh but by switching the the shot order with him and greedo when, when i think we really were supposed to see him as part of like a world of scum and villainy that gets pulled into something bigger than yeah. himself and better exactly. like yeah um and then the other is like he does wind up getting civilized by love yeah um, a, a classic myth of the American superhero, like kind of holds themselves above and beyond the the comforts of hearth and home, um, right. and and sort of ride on into the sunset for their next battle. Like Superman's kind of an example. Like mm-hmm. he can never quite uh, settle in with Lois. Yeah. I mean, there he does in certain comics, but um, you know, or the cowboy that rides back into the sunset is sort of the original example. And yeah, Han Han doesn't do that, right? He kind of. Yeah. Although I think the fact that they do a bit of that with him in Force Awakens is pretty telling. Yeah. Um, well, Ben and I also were talking about, um, as we were discussing this, like the influence Han Solo has on other American pop culture. Um, so like Mal Reynolds in Firefly is definitely 
a Han Solo spinoff sort of. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Joss Whedon actually called the Firefly crew, like, uh, he wanted to tell the story of the people that the, the Millennium Falcon flies over on its way out of Mos Eisley. Ah. Or something like yeah. that. He had some line like that. Right. Um, but Mal and Khan, both space cowboys, like, there's no... Yeah, living in the gray, pretty yeah. much. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll refrain from singing the song. <laughs> um, and do you want to talk about Supernatural a little bit? Yeah, Supernatural. I think, I've, I, again, this is all kind of hearsay, and I, I haven't tracked down the quotes, but um, in, I think Supernatural, the, like, 81-season TV show, <laughs> like, it, it was originally started as... Um, the, like, the, 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 like, pitch for the show was... Luke Skywalker and Han Solo take a road trip across America. Um, so, like, obviously not those people with those powers, but, like, those personalities mm-hmm. who are brothers, like, sort of sniffing with each other yeah. along the way. Yeah. And then kind of a proto-Han Solo is if you take a couple years back uh, prior to A New Hope, you have George Lucas making American Graffiti, um, and you have Harrison Ford playing Bob Falfa as this, like, wisecracking, trash-talking hot rodder like um you definitely see how Han Solo came out of Bob Falfa right I mean uh, it was really there for the telling when you watch the movie and he says like fast car you've never heard of the Millennium Roadster <laughs> it's not that obvious yeah. and, and George Lucas specifically did not want Han Solo or Harrison Ford to play Han Solo but it happened anyway and worked beautifully um Who but then there's want? like don't know. Huh. Or what did he want Harrison Ford to do? I don't know. Harrison Ford was like building his studio or something. I mean, like Harrison Ford was a carpenter, right? And, and George Lucas knew him from. Oh Harrison shoot! Beauty. Harrison Ford was a carpenter. Yeah. Now you know who he is in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> That's Harrison Ford. Not <laughs> okay. Solo. Okay. Fair. Separate the two. Fair. Yeah. Uh, good. Good call back though. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Harrison Ford famously was a carpenter. He began started out as a carpenter to make money basically to pay for his acting hobby like um and so he had done this little film called American Graffiti that actually you know was pretty somewhat successful and then um was building something either for George Lucas or a friend of George Lucas's I don't remember the details and they needed somebody to read for the part of Han Solo and called Harrison in and the rest is history. Um, <laughs> and he never read anything that was on the page. And he just said other stuff. He's like, I think he'd say this. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but then the other character in American Graffiti is, I think, John Milner, I think is the character's name. Um, and he's the other guy that's um, sort of the hot rod guy. And Bob Falcon. I think wants. you're thinking of Zabulba. No, don't distract me. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, John Milner is sort of the... The two combined, I think, make her- make Han Solo, Bob Falfa hmm. and John Miller. Because John Miller's sort of the, like, tough guy that gets saddled with somebody's kid sister. Like, they throw this girl in his car for the night, and he has to ride around with her, and he's like, they're both totally miserable. And she's complaining about her life, and he's sort of, like, giving her advice, and you sort of see, like, the softer side of him, and the sort of heart of gold. Um, also, that's basically, like, the plot of Empire Strikes Back, right? Like... Princess Leia gets thrown in the Millennium Falcon <laughs> on the way out of the Hoth yeah. base, and they're like, complaining Hunter, about their life. I don't but... think John takes advantage of um, the girl in any way. We could argue about Han Solo All right, and yeah. Princess Leia. And we'll, we'll do consent, a problematic love but... scenes in science right, fiction. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, those, I feel like Bob Falfa and John Milner kind of combined uh, 
definitely your inspiration for Han Solo. You can sort of see George Lucas working some of those stories out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Highly recommend American Graffiti if you've never seen it. Yeah, we'll have to. Ron Howard, who went on to direct Solo, a Star Wars story. So, another fun Yeah, nice. Thing. Yeah, I don't know if there's any other Star Wars connections there. Well, that's probably a good little uh, episode. Yeah. Um, short and sweet. Short and sweet. We'll get it out to you for May the 4th be with you. And also with you. And we'll... Uh, See you next time when on Comic Blue. Well, we need a hero. www.behance.net slash joshnerd0307 